Welcome to the Exchange for the Exchange podcast, where we exchange ideas about current events, pop culture, and theology. And we are on air, boys. Okay. You are live. For the record, Josh Pinnell is laughing. Nikolai Carpathia. (laughs) So gentle. Wow. I don't even know what Alex is going to say at this point. Welcome to the Exchange podcast. We are back after a short hiatus. Uh, much needed sabbatical. And, <laughs> you know, I know that there are frog listeners out there who would love it if we were cutting apps every single day, but we have glamorous, star-studded lives to live. But we are back, and we are happy to be back. Daniel, how you doing, buddy? I'm excellent. Very excellent. Not to be redundant, but that's excellent. <laughs> Josh, how you doing, buddy? Dude, never been better. Today's my day off. Get this one away with the family. So excited for today. Very nice. Let me let me just throw this out there. I want you guys to share one of your irrational fears. We as human beings have things in our lives where we are afraid of them, but we know that we shouldn't be afraid of them. Let me go first, okay? So I'll give you some guy some time to think about what you're gonna say. You know when you're taking a shower. And then time comes for you to rinse your hair and you close your eyes. In that moment, sometimes I get this irrational fear that there is a murderer in the shower. <laughs> and as soon as I open my eyes, he's going to kill me. I'm sorry, dude. I shouldn't laugh. No, dude. It's <laughs> irrational, man. It's irrational. I could just picture you going like, Carly, are you there? <laughs> is that you? I said somebody, I can't open my eyes, it's gonna sting. <laughs> wait wait oh. to kill me until I get all the shampoo out of my hair. <laughs> I don't want my family to see me this way. <laughs> <laughs> I let me prepare. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be easy, I swear. I think I got one. Alright, Josh. Um, so when I go to bed every night, no matter how many times I have double checked the doors and windows in our apartment. Whenever I lay down to go to sleep, I always think, is the door locked <laughs> and are the windows closed? Dude, I have every, the same thing. Every night I get up and I go double check them. Dude, I do that every time. Cause I'm like, and I have the same thought where I'm like, I know I did it. I know I did it. But then I'm like, this is going to be the one night <laughs> that I didn't do it. And we're all going to do it. <laughs> And they're going to be, like, looking back on it as a tragedy. Like, if only the door would have been locked. Dude, we have woken up, as my dad says, on the street. Because I have left the garage door open and the kitchen door unlocked. <laughs> Dude, that sounds like something my dad would say. Because you know what I say to myself? If you start now, it won't end and you won't be able to sleep. So I just let it go. And for some reason, the times I let it go are the times I leave the do- all the doors open. Dan, do you have your irrational fear, buddy? Pretty situational, but like if I watch a thriller or a scary movie, like last night we watched the movie Get Out. Oh, yeah. I just see things, man, like just black blotches. And I think it's something and I turn around and I'm like, oh, it's nothing. If I'm at the house by myself, dude, I get so nervous, man. And sometimes when the air conditioning turns on, the door to the master bedroom will just shut on its own. And I'll like be in the kitchen or something. And I'm like, what was that, dude? And I'll like creepily go up the stairs and like open the door. And dude, I hate to say it, but sometimes I'm like, hello? (laughs) 
What do you and say? It's just me, man, and I'm say, like asking if someone's there. Do you like say hola? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Like the murderer deserves a welcome. You know, like he's gonna say hi back. Yeah. <laughs> hey. Dude, I know that I'm not like an attractive woman, so I'm probably not gonna be a serial killer's victim, but I don't know, maybe he's like off the beaten path and like goes for Hispanic males. Like he's just taking a break now. Just looking for some something new, you know. Yeah, something a little different. Spice things up. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> oh man. You can decide if you want to keep that bit in there. Anyways. All right, boys, let's get to the topics and kind of explain the hiatus. Uh, Boys, we were fortunate enough to attend the YouTube concert in Louisville. I just want to get you guys' thoughts on that. Pretend I wasn't there and just tell me about it, you know. Josh, why don't you go first, buddy? One Republic opened and no one cared, which was... (laughs) Everyone was kind of just like, let's just get through this. When is Bono coming out? But I thought they they were good. Like, they were better live than... I thought then listening to them, the music from U2 was obviously fantastic. They're one of the greatest bands of all time. Um, the visual effects were stunning. Towards the latter end, it just it was just overstimulation. I think there's a point me and Dana looked at each other and we were like, <laughs> I feel exhausted. Like, I don't yeah. even know what I'm seeing right now on the screen. Yeah, man, it was fun. It was, you know what it was like? It was like a trip to a place where the streets have no name <laughs> and all, and all of our cares and all of our worries and all of our fears were gone. Mm. You know what? I, I think I would have had fun with or without you. Oh my <laughs> gosh. <laughs> you too. Mm. Daniel, break down your assessment, buddy. What, what Dude, everything that thoughts. Joshua said applies to me as well. But I will say everything, was- everything Joshua tree said, Oh man! Kept they kept referring to an end goal for humanity, to a supreme law for humanity, and that law was love. But then they failed to define what that was, at least on stage, you know. So I'd love to sit down and just ask him, like, what is love? Like, what do you mean by love? Um, What are you pointing to? And then the second thing that that really felt like was so confusing was it was very nationalistic. But yet they kept pointing to this like global view of the world, like the American flag. And it's like, you know, like how amazing and supreme America is, you know, and then they would do like a refugee video. And neither of those two are incompatible, but it just seemed like they so emphasized on one and then they would so emphasize on the other. And you're like, wait, guys, so which is it? Should we prioritize ourselves? Should we prioritize the world? I don't know. I felt really confused by that. I think think he was calling for America to quote-unquote return to its roots of taking in the the huddled masses and things like that. Like He sees it as America always being a refuge for people in need, and he was saying like that is what makes America great. I think there are going to be some Christians out there who are like, why were they at a rock concert? an 80s band like those guys show dominion over the creation and fulfill the creation mandate better than most christians better than most christians ever will in their entire lives we can appreciate that about them even if we don't agree with all the lyric all the political stances and stuff like that like they are good dominion showers 
and they image God well in that sense. Good thought, Josh. All right, boys, let's move on to the next topic. The Lando Castile, his situation with the cops, his, uh, the trial around it or the investigation mm-hmm. into it. Um, and, you know, obviously it'd be impossible to talk about this without kind of talking about the broader picture. But Josh, why don't you just give us your breakdown of the situation? Sure, man. No matter how you land on this, it was a tragedy. And it's, like you said, it's sad. Like it breaks your heart. Um, but Philando Castile was pulled over about a year ago for having a brake light out. I think it was a brake light or a blinker, something like that. And initially what we heard was when his girlfriend went onto Facebook Live uh, right after an officer shot him in his vehicle. The girlfriend said he, he was not reaching for his gun. He told the officer he had a, he had a gun, but he was not, not going to reach for it. This thing went to court. The officer involved was declared not guilty of all charges, not even not even of manslaughter. Then a couple of days later, there was a video release that was the dash cam from uh, the officer's vehicle where he approaches the vehicle, says, I pulled you over for your taillight. Uh, can I see your ID? Mr. Castillo then informs the officer that he has a concealed carry permit and he has a weapon on him. The officer responds by saying, well, don't, don't grab it. And he says, I'm not. And the officer interrupts him and says, don't grab it. And him and his girlfriend both say, I'm not. His girlfriend says he's not. And the officer then shoots him, I think it's seven times, because apparently he thought that he was going for the weapon. Actually, in the, the girlfriend's Facebook Live video, uh, you can hear the officer saying, I freaked out. I got scared or something, something to that effect. One of the most tragic things in all this is you can see in the dash cam video, a little girl like getting out of the back seat they also released the video that of the mom and the baby in the back seat the little girl was freaking out man like yep she was like begging her mom not to do anything not to say anything so that they wouldn't shoot at her so she says it was like regardless of whatever you think regardless whatever you think about the relationship of the system with the african-american neighborhood or people that specific child is going to grow up with the mentality that the cops are out to get her because she's black. American society is, I don't think that they refuse like defiantly to persecute someone because they're a cop. I think that they're afraid to do that because of what it might mean, even though it would be justice. They don't see it as this specific cop with the case Philando Castillo. I think what they're seeing is that they're putting the system on trial. And that they're afraid of what that might mean when maybe they should just focus on the case. You know, this this cop, this specific cop. And even if he lost it and had a mental breakdown, it doesn't justify killing somebody. And there's countless videos of people with guns in their hands and cops de-escalating the situation. And like we know that their training is to de-escalate the situation, not to shoot first. I mean, even, even in, in God's law which we can learn, I think, very valuable wisdom principles from. They, they give an example that if you're swinging an axe and the axe head flies off and hits someone, there's still a sense of guilt at that point. You still have to run to a city of, of protection and you have to stay there until the high priest dies. I think the Bible even recognizes that, hey, things happen by accident, but still that doesn't mean you get off scot-free. Like there are consequences for those actions. The idea that you can accidentally kill someone and there are no consequences is a rejection of ultimately God's authority and 
what God sees as justice. Alex has been silent this whole time. I know. I'm excited to see what he has no, to say. Yeah, it's it really is unfortunate. I'm a little confused at the verdict. It's hard to see how this wasn't at least some sort of manslaughter. But I think it's important to remember that, you know, there are people who looked into it closer than we did. I think turning this into like a race thing is a bit misguided. I think there is biases and there are bad people who play on those biases a lot. But I think overall, we have to remember that the stereotype is white cops shoot black people who look like criminals. Because they're black. That wasn't the situation with Philando. Um, He looked... To the, to the cop, he looked like a criminal. That's one element that, that Josh, he didn't include, was that they the cop claimed that he looked like a robbery suspect, and that's why he was so on edge when he approached the car. Totally the officer's fault. He should be able to curb those concerning ideas until he has clear evidence that the person is dangerous. But the cop wasn't, wasn't a white person. And I'm not... I'm not trying to make this like all about race, but when these situations tend to be made all about race, it's important to look at the facts. I I don't think the whole system is tilted and turned against um, any sort of community. And I might get backlash for saying that. Plenty of examples online of officers mistreating white men, white women also. Oh, yeah. Just, I think it's unfortunate that, especially in Castillo's situation, that there was a prejudice going on a little bit in, in the fact that he looked like a robber. He looked like a threat. Well, what made him look like a threat? He had a, he had his daughter, in the, or well, his girlfriend's daughter, in the, I think it was his girlfriend's daughter in the back seat. If you pulled over a white guy who had a girl in the passenger seat and a little girl in the back, what's threatening about that situation? I, I understand it's stressful. I understand it's hard. I understand that I'm not in that situation myself, but that's why you're trained to do it. That's why I'm trained to do certain things well, and that's why you're trained to do certain things well. If I shoot someone seven times on accident, I can't use the excuse, I got nervous. Mm. You know, no. that doesn't get me off from manslaughter. This particular case did have racial overtones, not because of the race of the cop, but because the man was black. There are already certain things that our culture tells us to be afraid of. To me, I don't understand when the tide turned. And people seem to think, well, Martin Luther, you know, Martin King had his little thing and now black people can vote. So I don't know why people think the system is against black people. I'm like, well, there were things in our system that we haven't addressed, things that we haven't confessed, things that we haven't turned away from. And I know what you're saying, the law, the law. And I'm like, yes, I understand the law, but there are cultural, there are cultural things that we have not faced, man. And that to me is why when people say, well, the system is against certain people, I'm like, yeah, it depends on the situation, but I don't think it's as clean as saying the system is against people or saying the system is not against people. I think there's a little bit of, of both, man, and it really depends on what part of the country you're in. Depends what the situation is, but yeah, man, I really, I, there's there's no connection to me. I'm like, oh, civil rights movement, now everything is fine. I just don't think that's true, man. You can't look at every cop as being a part of the system. It's really easy to demonize a system, but let's look at the person, you know, like this shouldn't be the system versus the black race like this. That's not what this should be. That doesn't do justice to Philando. This should be this should be Officer Yanez versus the situation, you know, like, did he murder Castile? And we need to make it about the people. And in this situation, this was not a race related 
shooting. I think, well, I think this is what Daniel's saying. Even if it's not race motivated, race is involved in the situation, and you have to come to yeah. grips with that. You've got to understand that this is a complex issue because Philando Castillo sure. was black. I'm not saying that it shouldn't be a complex issue. I'm saying that it's a tragic one, but it's it's a rather simple one. I mean, I don't know where to go from here, Alex. You're wrong, and you know it. <laughs> He's suppressing the truth. No. <laughs> Listen, man. I think in this situation, it wasn't... Philando wasn't killed because uh, a white cop wanted to shoot a black criminal. That's not that's not the narrative. Well, I didn't even I bring... I don't think that's into it, man. But that's the narrative that spread. Well, I mean, he's he's added to the likes of no, white not America. a white cop. It's yeah. the system, regardless here. of whether that cop is Asian or Hispanic here. or that's white. That's not the narrative, though, dude. The narrative here, is not. Here, can I? It's white white cops versus black criminals. Here, can I add something that might be helpful? Um, yeah. It's it's. I think that the question is not was it a white guy who wanted to shoot a black guy and like that's a done deal. One of the least threatening things you can walk up to is a man, a woman, and a child. You well, know? and so and I mean, so, I'm not saying I'm not saying that because he was black, he shot him. What, what the question I think is good to ask is: Are there prejudices in our own hearts that would lead us to question or to feel more threatened by a black man, a black woman, and a black child in a vehicle than a white man, white woman, white child in a vehicle? And if there are, then we need to. That's not good. That's wrong. Yeah, it's absolutely. absolutely. Now, the officer did testify that it appeared as though Castile, when he was reaching for his wallet, looked like he was reaching for something that was larger than a wallet. And it looked like his hand was making, he couldn't see both of his hands. And it looked like one of his hands, like from his wrist and, and like from the tip of his hand, was making the grip of, that was his testimony. Sure. Um, not justifying it. Like I think he should have. I think he should have at least gotten manslaughter. More white people per capita are killed by cops than by than black people are. And what I mean by that is, even though the the black population is much less in America, it's about thirteen percent. There are still more uh, per capita uh, white people killed. And overall, you know, I think this speaks more to a a bad hiring system, bad training system, uh, cops working long hours. Um, cops under underprepared for situations like this, mm. and I think we need to try to fix that and and stop creating. And I'm not saying this is what you guys are doing, but I, this is happening a lot in our culture. Uh, stop creating false narratives about white cops wanting to kill black. That is what I'm doing in a sense. I mean, I'm, I can be forthright about that. I just don't think that it's a false narrative. I think it's an it's something in our system that is unexplained. And so you have to fill it in somehow until the system explains itself, Alex. Like there's a gap between the civil rights movement and where we are today. It's, well, I know? suppose I'm kind of speaking from my own cultural context. Growing up in Illinois, I would say that racism is pretty non-existent just from my experiences. Now, you know, if I would have grown up in a different part of the country, Maybe I would have seen a little bit more prejudice, but you know. I mean, Louisville. Louisville is a city. It's very racially divided, and just as far as city planning is concerned, a lot of that was intentional. Unfortunately, I think there are a lot of prejudices that I see daily in South Carolina. Also, um, it's so bad in South Carolina. I can, I can look back at specific incidents so that I remember, and racism was prominent. Like. And like, like even in ways that I didn't realize in my own heart because it was just the culture. 
and I've had to work through myself that like I wouldn't consider myself a racist by any means, but just prejudices that I grew up with because that's how everyone talked and thought. Dude, I will say like I have seen just working at Starbucks, I've seen racism against an Indian woman. I've seen racism against a Greek Orthodox priest because he looked like a Muslim. Um, Someone called the cops on him to our store location. And this is a man who goes there every day, you know, but he wears a big black robe and a Christian cross and they, but they assumed that he was a Muslim because of his robe. And so they called the cops, you know, I've seen racism against um, a black woman and a black man in two different occasions. This doesn't really happen in Manassas, Virginia. So I, I like, like you said, like I'd never seen it till I started living in Greenville as an adult. Cause even when I was here as a child, I didn't see it as an adult dude. It's like, wow. Like your whole attitude changed your whole disposition towards this person changed. Yeah. And like, you don't want to talk to them and like, you're trying your best to like ignore them. And it's like, dude, why would you do that to them? And like, not me, you yeah. know? And it's funny, like Hispanic people are actually treated like as much as they make fun of Hispanic people, they're treated very well here. Like we're almost like the butt of the joke to like, oh, they're not harmful. They just make really good food and, you know, they take care of the landscaping and, you know, they're like the buddy house servant, which is still not good. But I don't get treated the way black people get treated in Greenville, man. Like I wish you could. I just wish you could live here so you could see it, man. It's it's scary, dude. Like. I would not like if I was a black person in Greenville, I would be so uncomfortable. And if a cop pulled me over, even if it's a false narrative, I would be scared out of my mind, dude, that that like I would be treated unfairly. And that if I tried to question the way I was being treated, then they would use that as cause to treat me poorly or to bring ju- judgment on me. And I think, yeah, and I agree, man. I really do. Like, I, I, I see that it breaks my heart. It really is unfortunate. Um, the gospel that we preach is is foundationally anti-racism, like just absolutely foundationally um, looking to spread into all the nations, regardless of race. Just that if you're a Christian and you're a racist, those two things do not mix at all. And you need to seriously consider if you've put faith in Christ. Boys, I, I, I apologize. I need to sign off. Um, I got to be somewhere. But this is a good discussion. Um, any last thoughts? Like I just like I was saying at the beginning, I think it's a, I think <clears throat> the verdict is a further rejection of God's law yeah. and God's definition of justice. And I think that it's a sad thing. Regardless of how we may disagree on reading our culture and interpreting it, I think that we them I'm thankful that we, at least we agree on on justice like on justice at the end of the day. Like I think we both see justice in the same light. Like we're both seeing it in the context of like the kingdom of God. So I I think at the end of the day this doesn't necessarily divide us. We both see the world morally the same way, regardless of how we interpret our culture. Yeah. That's good, man. That's really good. All right, boys. It's been a pleasure. If you wanna check us out uh on on social media, we're on Twitter at the Exchange Pod download. Share widely with your friends. And uh, for now, I'm going to say good night and good luck.